0: It's tough when you get older. You just want to stay in the, in the, you know, you know, you, you know what you like and you like what you know.
1: No offense to our elderly listeners. I'm not sure why you're <laughs> alienating anyone. I'm not. They're listening old. and they're saying,
0: yep, he's right. I like to eat the same thing every day for the most part and change my pants once a week. All right, welcome to our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC
2: Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Wiebe. Francesco. Gentlemen, we are back going through our summer series season recap. Summer series. It's here. Uh, I know that everyone has enjoyed listening to our goalkeeper discussion already. Probably anyway, right? I mean, we had some good stuff in there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so.
0: We're not dating these, so...
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no fewer than five good things in that one. I agree. Wait, yeah, that was a good thing he said. right? Yes, sure. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah hey, I agree. It's
0: a quick listen. Nothing like yeah. uh, listen, getting
2: all our nonsense out quickly and just you know blasting through it. That's exactly right. We're gonna do the same thing today. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving up the pitch. We are going to discuss defenders uh, in this episode, as you probably already know. If if Dave, you titled this episode correctly. Everyone already knows they're going to get defenders, right? So I really didn't need to say that, but no, uh, but it's good didn't. to announce. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to look at the the top thirty defenders in real life fantasy scoring, and That's then right. compare that to how we did, and then come up with some good discussion for what that might mean for you in the future. Taking what we learned, lessons learned.
1: Soccer defenders, the f- the offensive linemen of soccer players. Interesting. Yeah. This is not a foot football. football podcast, pod. What was the so- motto? American football.
2: What's our motto for the recap?
1: Our motto is That,
2: that saying that you you gave us?
1: Uh something about recaps the are um uh, in the future lo- loose lips
2: <laughs> sink <laughs> ships. Yes, that's the one. It's not the one, but it'll have to do. All right. So let's get into the defender. Red sky at night Sailor's wine before Delight. beer. Yes, there you yeah, go. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is, Let's talk defenders, uh, shall uh, we? Enough nonsense. One, two, and three. Who saw this one coming? Chelsea defenders, Gary Cahill, Marcus Alonso, and Cesar slash Dave as I think, gag me, as, gag, as, me gag me.
1: Gag me. I think the that's the most glaring thing. Of the whole list is how uh, how underrepresented Chelsea is on our lists compared to what really actually happened. Because I know I didn't buy Chelsea's defense. Nope. At all going into the season. I didn't even rank any of them. Yes, you did, <laughs> Louis. You ranked John Terry or John? Oh yeah, yeah, twenty-three.
2: In your face. I did
1: two good things, if you wouldn't even call them that, on my list. Everything else was bad. But I did rank as Pilacueta.
2: Twenty-six. But I
1: ranked him twenty-sixth. There was no one from Chelsea that I cared about, and I felt the same way about uh, Courtois whenever mm. we talked about goalkeepers. Right. But uh, I could not I couldn't have been wrong, more yeah. wrong.
2: Gary Cahill, I seem to remember feeling like he was a head case. Going into last season, you know, coming off of two seasons ago, and that's why I didn't put him anywhere near my rankings. Marcus Alonso, I didn't expect him to play much. Yeah, and and he really, you know, didn't have a a a true home until the change in formation. No one saw this coming. No, Uh, even Chelsea
0: fans wouldn't have told you they thought they would win a title after finishing tenth the year before,
2: and you have a new manager coming in, and you've got four of the top eight and the top three defenders in fantasy, which obviously plays a big role in that real life success i mean we made fun of the signing of david louise yeah I yeah. think a lot of people did um
1: up until chelsea lost to arsenal i think everyone was right about chelsea that's right until the formation change everyone was right that's right we were right we
0: that's just true. didn't know that this the the almighty formation change was going to be <laughs> such a massive game changer. I how mean, many? literally a season changer,
1: a title changing change. How many clean sheets in a row did they have? A, a quality podcast would have this information ready to go, but sure, they had 13 wins after that formation
0: change and the lost to Arsenal 3-0. They ripped But off it was like a significant wins. number in
1: a row and it was where a, they conceded zero goals. Zero
0: zero or one
1: goals. Because this year this year 2017, so January to end of season it was significant that they had so many consecutive matches where they conceded at least one goal. Yes. There was so many in a row where all of a sudden, I mean, you can go back and look, the string of ones and twos on every on all of those guys, especially yeah, Alonso yeah. and uh, it was enough to say these guys aren't worth this over $6 price tag that they had jumped up to right. at, by that time.
2: I just did a quick tally so my count might be off a little but I have 17 for the clean sheet tally.
1: 17 total. Yes. We they, probably
2: discussed
0: it for Cartois in the in the sticky mm-hmm. mitt. He did not win the sticky mitt, right?
1: He did. He did win the sticky mitt. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Okay. He had well, 16. I love I love being wrong. <laughs> We can confirm this 100 percent. 16 clean sheets. For, why are you Why are you holding your hands like it's that? It's a It's a homemade spit shield.
2: Oh, okay, nice. So Chelsea defender. I mean, that is where the story <laughs> starts, and we spent a lot of time talking about them throughout the year. So we don't need to belabor the point. But obviously, one, two, three, and eight. That was uh, your four of your Chelsea uh, defenders. Uh, number four is an interesting story in real life. Kyle Walker Kyle from Walker. Tottenham. Yeah, he was unownable for the last. Two months of the season that is so weird think about that fourth overall in scoring uh, he was flirting with chelsea defender
0: and with one yeah, and two all the bit. season and then at the end because of his slight mishap and getting injured and or finding favor in the lineup bottom line is he he slipped all the way to fourth
2: it's pretty crazy uh obviously we all rated elder Vireld very high on spurs um middle of the road for Rose and Walker. And uh, it turned out to kind of be the other way around. Rose because of injury, not anywhere in the rankings. Elder Vereld, middle of the road, finished seventeenth, and like you said, Dave, Walker fourth. I want to touch on Everton defenders. Yeah. Uh going looking at that club. Pretty impressive results for them here. Leighton Baines finishing fifth. The old man, Leighton Baines, fifth overall. That old mm-hmm. old that's, enough.
1: It's the only good thing I did on my entire list. Did old man, you, man well, Baines? the only the second, the the first of the two good things I did on my entire list. I old man Baines
2: has a good ring to it. I, I did nothing it. good on my
0: <laughs> list. Sure you did. We I can't remember look. if I said this or not, so I'll delete it if I haven't. But
2: nothing good. Seventeen out of thirty is what I got. Or I missed. I missed. I got old man Baines. Yeah, if you keep looking for Everton defenders in the top thirty, Seamus Coleman finished seventh, despite his massive. And think of where he would have finished. No. Curse ye, Neil Taylor. Neil Taylor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> curse yeah. ye! May the Lamb of God stir his hoof through the roof of heaven and kick you in the arse down to hell. <laughs> Wouldn't have done what he did, right? Hard to say because we know the exact moment that they went to the beach, uh, Everton yeah, Evers did. Yeah, However, uh, he was playing. Uh, uh, quite seriously and and with a lot of heart and passion all season long. Well, sure.
0: Apply that to Baines too,
1: right? Baines was fine. He was. I know, he, but uh,
0: think about if Everton in the end of the season wouldn't have mailed it in the last four or five games,
2: maybe he could have done better. Well, so you have Baines fifth, Coleman seventh, Ashley Williams finishing eleventh, and then Jaggy Elka 26. You have four Everton defenders. I think they're the only other club to have done that. Aside from Chelsea. Jagielka's
1: end of season, uh, he yeah. scored all, of those, he like scored 10, all 10, 10 of those points. He scored all of those points and from basically, yeah, it, he didn't start significant minutes until somewhere in the 20s of match
2: weeks. Yeah, in March to May. Scott, basically. to your credit, Ashley Williams. Yeah. He was that guy. I just couldn't get around to using my free transfer on him. There's always someone else getting hurt or Something to out of form in order to, to use it on. And so I kept Ashley Williams pretty much most of the year. And it he made fun up, of me for it, Dave. I did. I did. And I 11th was 11th overall. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. He, he changed clubs, but he was still valuable. Uh, as a defender in real life and in fantasy. And I don't see any reason why you would go away from Everton. I know they're all going to be a, a year older next year, but I see no reason why you would get away from Everton defender to start next season. Would
0: you start, assuming, uh, uh, Koeman obviously will still be there, assuming Coleman, Baines, and Ashley Williams, because Fu- Jagielka was not starting, Funes Mori was, until he went out injured. Mm-hmm. Would, and, you, and by the would way- you dare start three Everton defenders at the beginning of next year?
2: Depends on the matchup.
0: Because let's assume Lukaku's not there, so there might not be a striker that you're that you're putting in there, and they didn't really have any midfielders that we felt great about all year. But defenders, they did have. kuman seems to, the longer he's at a place, tighten up the ship a little bit. I'm just wondering if start next year, like Chelsea's
2: defenders, Everton defenders,
0: you couldn't you couldn't grab them and still be okay.
2: It just depends on who they're playing. If they start the season at the Emirates. No, I'm not gonna buy three or Everton defenders and then uh, plan to tank week one. What
1: did they start at? At Spurs.
2: Even then, well, I mean, I'm not a huge Come on, Spurs fan. The Wembley curse. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna go Ooh, bank on Wembley. it. I'm just not gonna buy in on Spurs necessarily. <laughs> I'm not buying. I mean, it's a big if for Kyle Walker are you, or Danny Rose that to be there next for, year. But I'm not buying Spurs defenders.
0: Let's say, let's say Kyle Walker's a spur next year. I think he will be. Really?
2: Okay. Let's say
0: Kyle Walker's a spur next year. Uh huh. Let's say Alder Varela's a spur. Sure. Yeah. You wouldn't have either one of those. Aside from your more, well, no, you you'll take I'm okay players. with Spurs. Yeah. Would you take either one of those? Because obviously their price is going to be high. So depending on how you want to spend your money. But what I'm saying is, would you have those guys ranked in your top? Ten. One of them,
2: because one of the of Wembley them. curse. Right, maybe one, but I'm not. I, I would have to have a lack of other options in order to well, buy you're one. Well, your top ten, you should have good options. Probably so. The answer is probably no. Really? So you're gonna you're gonna really go with this Wembley curse thing? I'm. Going to have I'm going to need a reason to buy them. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. and like they're going to have to start against Huddersfield or something for me mm-hmm. to want to do a week one. Okay. Uh, I I am
1: really s- interested to see what happens to Kyle Walker and Danny Rose, both in the the transfer window. Right? <laughs> yeah, because Danny Rose, I felt like he had reached the point too, uh, not to jump back to Spurs uh, f- f- after a lot of uh, distance away from sure. Them. But Dan- no, but Danny Rose, uh, while we're on the subject again. Danny Rose was creeping back up there, uh, into the top. uh, I was gonna say he uh, was probably close to top ten before he got hurt. Yeah, and then and then his injury basically shut him down for the entire second half of the season. So there's
2: there's one other guy in the top eight we haven't talked about yet. Snuck in there on us, Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels, second year in a row, top ten defender in fantasy scoring for Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't know how we went pretty much went the whole season without talking about him cuz we loved him at the end of the 15-16 season. Correct. Coming into this year, coming into this year,
1: I didn't even rank him. Like what what was that thought about? I'm not sure what you were thinking by not ranking one of the best defenders of all of Dude, fantasy soccer. Think, uh, seriously. I someone had slapped seven. me. We someone, did, we someone slapped me. We did talk about Char- we did talk about Charlie Daniels uh we talked about him. I know for I know for sure. Looking back through uh, season-long notes, I know for sure there was a discussion at one point whether or not we wanted to own Nathan Ake or Charlie Daniels. Oh, which of yeah. the two of those two cherry defenders? Where would Nathan Ake be if he'd kept playing? If he Barman? had
0: not been transferred yeah. mid-window, that, he'd, that'd he'd be been interesting. He'd be top, he'd top be, ten. He brought, well, I don't know. But I, I have think to look. He'd be top 10. I'd be.
2: He wasn't that good, was he? I think he was. I think he was,
0: and then he went to Chelsea to die.
2: So true, so true, so
0: dumb. He Nathan Ake the first part of the season was the best defensive, in quotes, value and or points per minute, points per match, however you wanted to look at it.
1: That that was out there. Ake was great. Yeah, while he was a cherry. Points and per pound. That's that's the value I was looking for, Brian. Well, the point is, Charlie Daniels still ended up with a very good season. Uh, despite the cherries being one of the most generous places, uh, no matter which, no matter where they were, they yeah. were one of the most generous teams to to goals being scored, which makes them a lot of fun, but also uh, not much fun to own their defenders. Although Scott, you want to talk about the other cherry defender that
2: made the list there too? Uh, Steve Cook, yeah, twenty first, yeah, it's kind of impressive, uh, considering you know, Bournemouth. You think forward style, you know, aggressive tactically, yeah. Uh, even the defenders, I mean, Daniels and Cook aren't here because the Bournemouth defense is solid, they're here because they find a way to get some offense, uh, which obviously means a lot for defender scoring, but uh, it's still impressive to have two defenders, I mean, they have two, two
0: defenders. Boric, their goalkeeper,
2: finished seventh in the overall ranking, so... Bournemouth got uh, more clean sheets than you thought. Quietly, so yeah, you might be right. Uh, I mean, you think if you look at it, you know, Daniels finished higher than Nathaniel Klein and uh, Steve Cook finished higher than Lovren. So, I mean, Bournemouth defense ranked better than Liverpool defense. And you, there's a lot of other clubs I could use here to say the same thing. But see, I would have yeah. thought that was surprising.
1: You want to know two of the reasons why Steve Cook, I'm sure, ended up as high as he did in fantasy scoring sure. for the season? Yeah, sure. He was ranked first in the Premier League in both clearances and headed clearances, but he was one of the as uh, and he was second in blocks. You know what he didn't season. do,
0: Brian? He didn't bravo it. Did he? He <laughs> just cleared it.
1: No, he did not. The ball I got think. near him and he said, "I'm not passing it out." He I'm had clearing. 352 clearances for the Cherries this season. Second oh. place was Ben Mee with 300.
2: Wow. Very interesting. Uh, just to, to highlight a couple other guys here as we go throughout the real-life list, and then I'd like to end this by by our, our, our maybe our best pick and, and some picks that yeah, we yeah, would yeah, like sure. to not Holy smokes. highlight, but we will anyway. Yeah, no, no, uh, I yes. think it's fascinating that you have two United defenders on this top 30 list, but the highest one is Antonio Valencia at 16. Mm-hmm. If he had kept playing during April and May when Mourinho oh, denied man. that the Premier League existed, maybe yeah. he'd be higher. That's on the flip. harsh, Scott. It's true, right? Isn't no, it true? No, it's
0: not true. Isn't it well, we're true? not gonna go back into that, but I don't think it's true.
2: And then you had Eric Bailly at twenty-four. Mm-hmm. But I mean we we were predicting well a lot of other guys, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> on,
1: yeah. I basically, well, basically everyone else that we that was a presumed starter coming
2: into the season for Manchester United. Yeah.
0: Because typically Bailly. Mourinho teams play yeah. well defensively.
2: So it I, wasn't crazy for us to predict Chris Smalling and Luke Shaw. And Daily Blend and and you know, guys like that to do well. No,
0: but what I'm wondering is how the heck do I not have Valencia even ranked? Because I I I feel like I did have you know I had Blend ranked and Smalling ranked. Well, um, co- collectively
1: we we covered as a podcast Chris Smalling, Luke Shaw, Daily Blend, Marcus Rojo. So I mean I feel like we had a lot of players. Maybe I guess he just wasn't a
0: United did have a crap ton of injuries, right? All those players at some point, right? Every Spent single one out. of
1: those, yes, every single one of those guys, I think except Blinn. I think Blinn was the only guy. I don't think he was an injury. I think he was just, I think it was purely rotation. I think mm-hmm. it was, I think all of uh, all of his lack of playing time came down to Mourinho trusting other players to play the position he was best suited for.
0: I remember starting the year, I had Baye in, in games, and then when he got injured, I, I let him go but it's surprising to see him finish in the top 24.
2: Yeah. I maybe. didn't rank
0: him. I didn't have by ranked. I, I mean we I, talked that's about most him. of the defenders on the top 30 list at the end of the season I didn't <laughs> have ranked, but
2: we talked about him when he was signed, but I don't think any of us expected him to play as much as he did, which is what contributed to his appearance here in the list. Uh and one other club I want to highlight too because we ended up getting this one not as wrong but backwards. Uh Kashelny 14 Bellerin at eighteen, Monreal at nineteen. Yep, we were we got that backwards. We all had Bellerin top two. Yep, mm-hmm. Monreal up there pretty high, and then you know Kashelny was in there too. Um, I had Kashelny third, and
0: you know at the way they finished the end of the year last year, Check won the sticky or fifteen sixteen. Check won the sticky Mint. and or do you like gloves of fury? <laughs> The color oh. okay sorry. Sticky st- mitt. The okay. sticky mitt. And I love that it's
1: just one mitt. For the made one for mitt the made is sticky. up it's goalkeeper award that this podcast alone bestows. Yeah. Okay.
0: So winner of the sticky mitt was check last year. Arsenal's defense looked good. You, it, they added Mustafi in the offseason, so and the all powerful Rob holding. So you, you you would think going into this season that, that the defense would, would shore up. Seemed like that early. In fact, most of the season it was okay, uh, but then it it tailed off, and obviously we know what happened the rest of the season. But I don't know what to think going into this next season because they had the almighty formation
1: change, Mm -hmm. and
0: it had the same effect that it had on Chelsea, where they finished winning nine out of
2: the last ten games in all competitions. Now that
1: you are firmly planted back on the Wenger train... Now listen, that you are...
2: F- ridiculous. Now let, that you are... Now that I you have, am on record
0: on this podcast. Saying, in one of my moments. Vigor out and now. Vigor in. I Listen, during the season, I kind of flip-flopped. But by the end, I was on the side that it was a player's fault. Like, he was doing everything he could do. And in fairness, changing formations for an old crotchety man, changing anything, changing your pants, changing your underwear as an old crotchety man... It, it's all an, an issue. It, it's tough when you get older. You, you just want to stay in the, in the you know, you know, you, you know what you like and you like what you know.
1: No offense to our elderly listeners. I'm not sure why you're <laughs> alienating anyone. I'm not. They're listening old. and they're saying,
0: yep, he's right. I like to eat the same thing every day for the most part and change my pants once a week. Anyways, bottom line is, okay, <laughs> the bottom line is, that's a bunch of nonsense. Um... Change my parents. The bottom Venger, line Wenger has been given. Listen, pundits have given him a lot of crap about not changing and not adjusting to today's game. Granted, you could look at it. Scott would say, "Well, Dave, why didn't he do it earlier in the year?" Total fair question, and I agree. Why didn't he? I don't know.
2: No, listen, it would have to be early, two matches earlier. Well, fair enough. Two, two matches, matches earlier would have made a difference. Your but fourth place. In at, at some point, two matches earlier in your fourth place, Dave. <sighs> well, two you, matches earlier. Dave, if they had
1: tr- if they had changed the formation for your three <laughs> n- three nil drubbing against Crystal Alice. Palace, I know that that match alone was I the know. that was when everyone one was
2: match earlier was screaming, Dave. Was, screaming,
1: was screaming abandoned ship after that match was over. That was that that, that was, was the, probably that was, the height of the fury,
0: mm-hmm. and and maybe it took that to finally make a change to finally get to the point where you say I just don't care. I'm making the change. Bottom line is. It massively affected everything. Brian, what do you? Th- Assuming the lineup sort of looks like it did next year at the end of the year, and obviously they're probably going to make some signings, so it might not look exactly the same. But we could all agree that Hector Bellerin is one of their better players.
1: Brian, yeah, you do not want Hector. You, as an Wha- Arsenal fan and anyone who cares about really fast running players, no one wants to see him leave the Premier League. It's correct. You want that guy out there, and he was the guy who I thought. Benefited the most from the formation change because he ended up lining up primarily as a uh, as a as a uh, wingback uh, as yes as a mid but he will be next year starting as a yes as a midfielder if he keeps defensive uh, classification in Fantasy Premier League assuming staying also at Arsenal who stays in this newfound uh, successful formation yeah Hector Bellerin is could be in for a big a big year. Uh, unless, it, for whatever reason, he uh, ends up getting rotated a ton.
2: Yeah. Uh, I want to look at some one-hit wonders, if you will. Uh, the the one guy from, from different clubs, probably usually lower half clubs, that uh, ended up making the list, uh, Ben Gibson from Middlesbrough at 15. Pretty impressive that he made the list. He, uh, he was someone that I, I strategized over for a couple of weeks there towards the yeah. end of the season in a double game week. Uh, you've got Michael Keane of Burnley at number twenty. Probably won't be on Burnley next year. But the only Burnley defender, which is a little surprising since Tom Heaton, number one goalkeeper. That is defender. Uh, that is that is defender. that is defender. What does that even mean? I don't know. That, that is weird. It is weird. And then uh, it's one, very it's very veered. <laughs> ve- veered. Very veered. And then one more I want to highlight. Who would have thought there'd only be one Leicester defender? Christian Fuchs, Fuchs at twenty seven. Yep. 27. yep. Um, very interesting. And I, I would debate that potentially not really very ownable for much of the year. Christian Fuchs, despite no, he no, wasn't total. until the
1: end. There were flashes, uh, but the guy. How do you predict that? You, there was no way to predict it, and and until I mean, even after, even after Shakespeare took over, it's not, it's not like, which sounds like you just made something up. I know, <laughs> <laughs> Craig Shakespeare. Huh. Let me be clear about that. That we're not talking about some other Shakespeare. Uh, no, that there. Even after that, it's not like they all of a sudden. Uh, it's not like he all of a sudden started scoring a million points, or that they started getting clean sheet after clean sheet. I mean, he was. He finished. Uh, I mean, I think to your point earlier, Dave. It's just a, this is a list of healthy guys. Christian Fuchs was the healthiest. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, as an attacking guy goes, um, he was still he was present a lot. Also, the provider of one of the top uh, individual non-soccer on-the-field highlights of the entire season when he he threw the ball inbounds at Alexis Sanchez.
2: (laughs) Oh, so good. Right in the shoulder. Loved it. Uh, Because this would not be a complete season recap without it, I need to provide one last John Stone's ownership update. Oh,
0: a John Stone's ownership update? John Stone's ownership
2: update. So John Stones finished the season 75th overall in defender scoring. Tied for 75th with George Friend. Nice. I feel like that brings us full circle. Oh, man. George Friend,
1: Advice friend to George. all mankind. Too bad that guy didn't play much
2: uh, of this entire season. 13.3% ownership at the end of the season. John Stones, who finished just two points ahead of Vincent Company. Oh man, Vincent Company should have passed him. Nathan Aké didn't play for the entire second half of the year, and he finished only four points shy of John Stones. I mean, come on, people, how dumb are you? That's your John Stones, by the way. I, to be complete, we weren't totally down on John Stones to start the season, Brian. You thought he'd be sixteen. I was gonna say uh, wanna... Dave twenty fifth, yeah. and I had him the highest. I th- no, no, I had yeah, him yeah, at, 18, at 18. 18, so just below you, Brian. But we all had him in that mid tier here in the top thirty. Ends up finishing seventy.
0: I was gonna say here in a second. In a new segment, we like to call uh, "Song of What." What be good about? I me? don't know. This is this. really good so far. In a, in a new segment, <laughs> we like to call "Song of of the Sad." Song of the Sad mm. of players I ranked, Brian, that didn't even make. Oh. All right, let's let's do this. Song okay. of the Sad.
2: What were your regrets, Dave?
0: Virgil Van Dyke, Vincent Company,
2: Robert Hooth.
0: Wes Morgan, Jose Font, Scott Dan, Craig Dawson, Danny Rose, Chris Smalling, Daily Planned, Patrick Van Anholt, Alexandra Kolarov, John Terry, Danny Simpson, Funes Moray, John Stones, Yedlin, DeAndre Yedlin, and Kone. I can't think of his left first name, Brian Kone.
1: Lamina Kone. Man! You skipped a really important one on your list. I did? Yeah, you skipped Winston Reed.
0: I, uh, <laughs> all those are good defenders. And they did not crack the top 30.
1: Here's here's my observation. What in the world? Dave, of all the things that you did, I can't fault you for a lot of the injury things. You were pretty clear early on that you did not trust Lester this season. It's true. I, I thought of all the people that you were the downest of the down. I my on Leicester City. My season
0: early season prediction and was yet, that they
1: would finish twelfth. And yet, you ranked Huth and Morgan in your top ten. Yeah. And you included Fuchs and Danny Simpson all on your list. That's true. Well, to me, I, I feel like. I don't want to say that you're a hypocrite because I because I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> think that you are, but that's a lot of Leicester City foxes on your defender. That list.
0: is a lot of foxes. So I thought where they would be weak would be the scoring.
2: I thought their scoring would drop, and it did. Vardy and Mora's had down years, you could say. I didn't especially. See yeah, their yeah.
0: defense falling apart. I mean, yeah, and, and I still don't know why that happened because they, they didn't change. They didn't get really hurt that much. They did a little bit. They decided they didn't like Dilly Ding anymore. That's true. But Kasper Schmeichel definitely did not end up on the top 10 goalkeeper list. Right. Yeah. And we know he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. And so I don't know. Brian, your your point's very valid. And it does seem very hypocritical. I think I just thought that their defense wasn't going to get any worse, but their, their scoring was going to drop.
1: Brian, do you sure. have any regrets? Yeah, I've against? got two significant regrets. I mean, I, I feel like Oh, hey! Look at the Chelsea defender way down in the bottom of my list with Cesar Azpilicueta. Who is that? It's Branislav Ivanovic. Uh, to me, <laughs> to me, uh, that's not. Did he retire this year? No, but but he was the casualty of the formation change pretty quickly. I mean, he he showed his uh, his lack of speed. Early on in the season, and he did not, he could, I mean, he didn't touch the starting lineup after that.
0: You could argue
1: that he was one of the reasons why they changed the lineup. He
0: was getting torched in the beginning of the year.
1: And for a guy who was, who two years ago would have been one of the top selected defenders going into the season for that significant of a drop off to start the year. My two, I mean I I mean I feel like I learned a valuable lesson about not necessarily trusting the the scores from a previous season. So, I mean, I had Alberto Moreno ranked really high. <laughs> for a guy who fin- I mean, the thought was, I mean, I I wish I still had my notes. I know for sure he he was in the top, he was close to the top 10 two seasons ago. Yeah. So, for a guy to just completely I, I mean, he was absolutely useless for liverpool and i wanted glenn johnson to be good i wanted him to come back and he 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 was a a decent he was one of those guys who ended up playing two years ago was really really good and just just could not stay healthy this year and stoke kind of sucked and and that's what made the list
2: kind of suck primarily those guys you could say for Stoke. I wasn't entirely surprised to see Bruno Martins Indy at twenty third. I knew he'd yeah. be decent, and honestly, he could be even better next year if he's still at Stoke. Yeah, uh, I have two as well. Uh, although I want to say I got a couple pretty spot on. I was really close picking Charlie Daniels seventh and Ashley Williams twelfth. Mm-hmm. And I felt pretty good about those, but uh, I don't know what I was thinking putting Lamina Kone fourth. Yeah, for I wonder. Sunderland.
1: I wondered about that.
2: Uh, I guess I thought that they would have a lot of clean sheets and play really defensive style in order to try to stay in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that didn't work out. And, and maybe
0: some headers. Yeah. And I had twenty ninth. I'm not going to give you much shtick.
2: Yeah, and some headers.
0: I nailed three. I nailed three things, and for some reason it, they have to be all next to each other in the finals list. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Klein, Ashley Williams, and Vertonghen. Yeah, I yeah. had them ranked. 14, 10, and 8, and they finished 10, 11, and 12. Like, yeah. that's the closest thing that's I got good. to nailing anything, and that's just embarrassing, horribly embarrassing.
2: I think it's interesting, too, that, um, you know, Ryan Bertrand finished 13th, but at the end of the year we are talking about Cedric and Maya Yoshida. Mm-hmm. And, obviously- and, and
1: honestly, I, I mean, I I had Bertrand way down there. Sky, you are the best ranking of Bertrand. Uh I for the a guy who showed really good quality a lot now for two you know for a while not just this season I'm sure in the previous season too but uh, Ryan Bertrand sure doesn't he sure comes off the pitch a lot for Southampton mm. between injuries and rotation I felt like. He was one of those guys that just you you kinda wish would stay out there all the time and he just didn't. And Southampton had that so many weird rotation things. And that went all the way that went all the way up the field. I mean it wasn't yeah, just it wasn't true. just the defender. So that was why by the end of the season, hilariously, Jack Stevens and Maya Yoshida become two of the most
2: yeah. solid people that you could have put in your roster it's true meanwhile it's Cedric and Bertrand in the top 30 honestly though Bertrand's one of those guys he was never going to be a star defender for Chelsea but the moment he went to Southampton it was like yeah that makes sense and I will consider owning Ryan Bertrand next year he's not he's not a bad like number three defender in your lineup
1: Yeah. I, I'm really curious to see. I mean, we talked about it. You know, we've talked about it multiple times this season. Everybody, I'm sure, is going to talk about it and what, what the effect of, uh, playing three in the back, uh, how that impacts teams, how, if other teams, you know, maybe switch to that formation, which of the teams that stay with four or however, however they want to do it. But I mean, that was the big issue going into this season for me was I, I wanted the attacking guys more than i wanted the big giant yes you know clean sheet the, guys right i wanted i didn't want to pick the virgil van dykes the outer verelds the caschelny's i wanted bellerin and fuchs and Walker. And, and van on hold I, I mean yeah. patrick van onhold i mean i i know we all ranked him uh and probably ranked him too high but i mean one he got hurt for a a significant portion of the end of the season with Crystal right. Palace but for a while there with Sunderland he, it was him and Jermaine Defoe as yeah. the only two guys that could do anything mm-hmm. for them at all as yep. far as attacking went so I don't I mean that's that's one of those I mean we can look at it and say oh man what were we what were we doing but I don't feel bad about it at all that's exactly the kind of guy I feel like I would rather have yeah. in my defense
2: I think that's a pretty thorough look at the defenders in uh, FPL uh, last season. Yeah. Uh, 1 I, through 30 plus yep.
0: some. I think the, um, the things that I learned the most yeah. are, and, uh, and again, not knowing how exactly to predict this, but things that affected the defender scoring, things that affected defender scoring the most injuries to the defense. How are you going to predict that? Unless right. you're picking a player to start the year who has a history of injuries and or like a Vincent Compagnie, mm-hmm. um, formation changes, okay? Because when people say three at the back, you're really playing with five defenders. Right. Most teams are playing with five defenders, mm-hmm. and they're just sliding the two guys up a little higher. But for the most part, I mean, you normally have four. The one forma- the main formation everyone seems to go with is four defenders. But then you say, well, they're going to three at the back. Well, that's sort of like, well, okay, you just took one away, but you're really adding Three A at Central fifth. Defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's correct. So, anyways, but that gives value to Bellerin, Alonzo, Monreal, and or anyone else who decides to play that formation, right? So, to keep an eye on that, formation changes. And then it's just like just complete major misses, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't, can't I don't, predict some of this stuff. No, but you just got to, I don't know, just kind of grind it out and just try to look. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's all an educated guess. It's right. all an educated yeah. guess,
2: right? Well, I think uh, if, if there, each of these Summer Series episodes can provide some benefit to you next year. Uh, you know, On our goalkeeper uh, episode, we went back and I listened to that after we recorded it. Yeah. And I really liked the, the, the goalkeeper handcuff strategy that yeah. we discussed. I think that's a really, really interesting thing, to a provocative strategy to consider. I think that's where we're bringing in some American perspective into yeah. Fantasy Premier yeah. League. that's a good point. Which I like. And now, you know, today we're talking about formation. Being mm-hmm. pretty key to defender uh, scoring, uh, yeah, you're going to have uh, the occasional you know, big center back who's going to head in a few goals, uh, but also you know the Bellerins, the Alonzo's, mm-hmm. uh, and then others. You know, I, it's funny. I'm going to pay a lot more attention going into next season, looking at who is playing with three at the back in preseason. Yeah. You know, the clubs who are experimenting with the three at the back, I'm going to pay attention to that. What if
0: Crystal Palace goes to it, right, and then slides Van Aanholt up to a wing-back spot? That's, I mean, a, that, perfect that's a perfect for position him. for that's him. Correct. Right? That's so exactly that correct. So that just gives him more value. Scott, exactly. Dan, Ward, yep. Delaney, those guys can, can all play that back three. So some place like that is a perfect place, which they don't even have a manager right now, I don't think. That's right. But is a perfect example of how looking at that could really affect the players going forward.
2: Agreed. So hopefully this helps you. I know it's helped us. And, uh, and I've enjoyed it, guys. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Well, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast Summer Series, until next time.